Welcome. You are now aboard the Sub Club Submarine Spaceship. We will be your tour guides on a quantum journey to reprogram our subconscious minds. Please keep your arms and hands inside the subship at all times until you are safely docked in your castle's subship port upon arrival at heaven on earth. Thank you and enjoy the ride. Welcome back everybody to a very special episode on Brainwash Yourself, the podcast about the mystical and practical art of reprogramming the subconscious mind. My name is Annika and I'm here with my wonderful co-host Callista. Hi everyone. And we have a very special guest in our midst, one of my favorite people. She is an absolute radiant cosmic queen, Cody Channel, astrologer, energetic alchemist, channel, intuitive healer, and so, so much, so much more. So welcome, Cody. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my gosh. We're so, so glad you're here. We had originally found Cody because she is a incredible fixed star side reel astrologer. And since then, I just discovered from you like so much more. You hold so much cosmic wisdom, so many incredible codes. And we're so happy to have you be here today just to be able to share some incredible wisdom with our listeners about, you know, what being a star seed is all about, about side reel astrology versus, um, which is something that people may have heard less of in relation to, you know, tropical astrology that we follow a lot here in the West, um, and how people can start to look into their starseed origins, all these things, anything else you feel inspired to share. So, uh, yeah, welcome Cody. Thank you. I I feel so great to be here. So I'm very excited. And I know Callista has like had her own experience with the whole, um, realm of information that you share in, in relation to, the starseed origins and the starseed astrology. So I feel like that would be, that would be a fun thing to start off with sharing. And then we can have you get into a little bit about uh, these things and where they come from. Yes. Oh my gosh. So um, Annika and then shout out to Gabrielle. They let me know after they attended a workshop of yours of finding through our birth charts, like our starseed origins. And that is something I would love today, like to maybe they, I mean, Annika and Gabrielle found mine for me, but I would love to know if it's like something that you're able to describe how maybe our listeners could kind of calculate for themselves, like their starseed origins based on their birth chart. But they calculated mine as basically being Cygnus and Cassiopeia and when I looked up these traits I really resonated a lot and it was kind of my first tie to my lifetimes beyond this one and it was really interesting and really activating and then um coincidentally like right that same month we started hearing about how there was a supernova out in the Cygnus constellation back in July. And that light was reaching, well, it was, you know, 11,000 years ago, but the light was reaching earth back in July. And I really resonated with all the codes that were coming through at that time. And um, yeah, it's just kind of still the beginning of my journey. I haven't gone too deep into 
learning more about Cygnus and Cassiopeia, even though I would love to, but I do, you know, have to thank you for starting that little trail of self-discovery and it was really exciting. So very, very, very cool. Well, yeah, those are very nurturing, very nurturing codes that hold and support a lot of those ancient feminine um, wisdom codes and all of that kind of thing. The stories that are intertwined with that are just extremely protective of something that doesn't really exist yet and may have existed before, may have existed in the future, depending on how time kind of swirls through all these things. But I think of the star seeds as like the modern day mythology. And I think it's almost like interesting that so many people kind of are, um, you know, reliant on the past mythology, but we're not actively co-creating our current mythology as much. However, I know all of your listeners will probably be very much interested in co-creating our futures and our current times by looking at these star systems. And even people who think, say you were like a religious person or something, you would, you might think the planets, the the moving stars is what they're called in the Bible are evil. I'm not going to get too off topic, but one of the things that's interesting is that even in the Bible, it says that the stars are in the heavens um, and that the stars are the, are the heavens. And so it's almost like tying the star systems back in and we'll get into like a little bit more, but basically the star, that's one little blurb of why it's clearly very important. And it's also very secret and it's not very well known. And there are a few like more prominent star books that I haven't gotten my hands on yet. Um, But there's not a whole body of work that really talks about the stars specifically in relation to these star seeds and how we're kind of like starting this new revolution of mythology and interest in co-creating with these higher, higher beings. Amazing. I love this. And for those of our listeners who maybe this is totally new to them, could you give us like a little breakdown? I know you were relating star seeds to modern day mythology, but maybe for somebody who is, you know, not even heard this term uh, a lot before, but was drawn to this conversation. Can you tell us a little bit more about star seeds and maybe how it relates to us and where we are in the universe as well as to our astrological charts? Yeah. Yeah, so there's lots of theories about star seeds. Some of them are that we were all seated here, no matter what, um, who we are, from various genes of star seeds, of actual alien DNA. That's sort of like just um, a theory, right? And it also kind of shows up actually in our DNA that we have reptile DNA, we have cat DNA. And those are the kind of like, the beginnings of the theories of that there was like a battle of reptiles versus cat, which is funny because it still happens on this planet um, when you see your cats and reptiles. Um, (laughs) But that's one theory that can explain a lot for people just kind of chiming in, thinking about how there's like the physical reality that that could be. And then just like mythology and astrology, it's also myths that could be. So it's like energies and specifically energies from the stars. So if you're interested in science and um, real science, right? 
like the ancient science that used to be connected to art and healing, um, that would be to be verifying what's happening energetically up in the skies. And the stars are the um, most high frequency objects. And it's what we adapt our, um, a lot of our medical tools after we modeled the microwave, we modeled the x-ray, all of these things are copying star patterns and their power. So we use them all the time. And it's important to think about how we could use them for ourselves, for rituals, for picking specific days. And if you really want a simple and easy way for some of your listeners to think about this, imagine Hermes. Hermes wrote a book on this that talks about stars and how if you want to work with them, he only had the um, Bohemian fixed stars. That was who created the Bohemian fixed stars. And there's a list of those. You can Google it, Bohemian fixed stars. Those are the magical approved occult stars. Those stars are said to enhance visions, enhance um, outcomes of situations. And so they were worked with by high magic. And um, so that's like the fixed star magic. And then it actually gets more um, adaptable and more understandable, more relatable for daily life as well. But we'll get into that. So we'll start with this magical part really quick. So then Hermes talked about... Um, how you want to look at the rising ascendant when you're doing a ritual. So I don't know if any of your listeners are into that, but like, if you wanted to like, say, pick a really important time to do something, you would look at the star that's on the horizon during the time of that event. That would be the most important. The second would be the moon and the third would be the sun. If we're talking about Hermes, I like using exact examples so that it's not all just my ideas. But one other thing about these myths, and again, myths are like just stories that are passed on from different civilizations. And a lot of the myths that we look at can kind of relate to one another, especially regarding Jesus, Buddha, um, Horus, Isis, all of this kind of can go into one another. And what's happening now is that because these star systems actually reflect many of these cosmic galactic lineages that people that don't even look at astrology are connecting with. And long, long, long before this, I had a vision that this would be able to happen. I remember people saying, I don't think so. And I remember saying, I think you can tell which star seed you are through the chart. And then I started getting into the galactic center, Vedic astrology, and Vedic astrology is based on the stars as well. And so what's happening is in my life, I started as a Western astrologer, like most of us. And then I kept getting a hint and a ping that I needed to evolve my astrology into real time, um, even you know into quantum time, because what's happening now is actual Western astrology is becoming the myth, meaning that there isn't even a measurement system that's keeping these zodiac signs and planets uh, in any kind of um, any kind of measurable shift. So there is no change in Western astrology. So to me, that seems more like a myth because it's not scientifically accurate. Yeah, it's like not and even I like still love it. Yeah. So it's like for me, I'm like, that sounds a lot more mytho mythological than than side reel. But again, it's not about one versus the other. It's more about 
how Western, how influential everything is. So the power of suggestion is so intense. And so that's one thing I advise all the listeners today to think about, like, how much do you identify with your chart as it is? And do you think that the power of suggestion also has like made it so that we're all just like really not able to to shift our perspective if we do find out like, oh no, we're not a Libra, we're a Virgo or just as an example, or, you know, Leo cancer. Mm-hmm. And there's certain signs that have a harder time with it, but it's more about looking at the stars. And so the stars within each constellation, there's 88 of them offer a high frequency opportunity known as a stargate. And the stargate will allow you to experience higher levels of knowledge, downloads, intelligence, and this all applies to your DNA. And so because the starseed origins also relate to our DNA, it's almost like something maybe for some people that the starseed origin part can be a little much, especially if like you're dealing with something really, you know, you need to kind of get your footing. But I do think anyways, sidereal astrology is great for everyone to make sure they're getting the right footing, um, especially because it's the first astrology and it's how astrology existed for most of the ancient civilizations because they follow the stars. And I think our disconnection from the stars could be making us weaker as a population. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's really amazing. And for anyone who doesn't know the difference between like the calculations of Western and side real astrology, could we give them like a little mini breakdown so they could even um, understand? Yeah, totally. So like the breakdown would be um, 23 degrees. So that's like, basically there's one degree per day. So say the sun moves one degree per day. So really you have about seven days that there could be like, and every sign is different, but it's around like the 16th, 17th, and 18th of that month to the 16th, 17th, 18th of the next month, right? Some start the 14th, some the 15th, some the 16th, some the 17th. And this is Fagan Bradley, Ayanamsha, which is the same Ayanamsha that Vedic uses. But there's also 13 sign astrology. And that uses, um, it's, then we have to account for Ophiuchus. So what? that's why I love the stars. But let's talk about breaking this down for everyone. So basically, essentially, there's 30 degrees in each planet, 30 days in a, in a month, give or take. So you've got about seven days where that sign overlaps. So if you have an early, like say you're born late in the month after the 20th or early in the month, you're probably a different sign. The only way you could stay the same sign is if you were born the after the 14th, you know, and before the beginning of the next month. So people often um, are different signs. And that it would be really jarring for a lot of people, especially if they've made such a, especially like say if you're a Virgo and you find out you're a Leo, that's a trip. Mm-hmm. They're like, no way. Um, yeah. And so I guess that's something that's interesting. What made it so easy for me to switch is that I was very intuitively guided and how I can best explain it is that if you haven't a star app right now, you can turn it on and then you can see that the constellations are in alignment with the planets and the planets are passing them by. And you can even see when there's, you know, a comet 
that was on the the apps last week. And that was in the Eagle constellation. Very interesting. The Aquila and associated with the blue avians. So that that was cool. But yeah, everything can tell us a story just even in these apps that are free that we can download. It's like we can chart the stars just like Galileo. I used to say I was not like Galileo, but now I have the app. So what's the difference, right? <laughs> That's how I feel too. Oh my gosh. I'm like, now I just need a telescope, but actually the app is probably like way better. Um, but so that's how I explain it is like, it's actually pretty scientific to me to think about how sidereal accounts for one degree shift in the star systems every 72 years. So every 72 years, it moves one degree, which is why in zero AD, we lined up with Eastern and Western. They didn't have a name for sidereal. They didn't, I mean, they did because sidereal means to follow the stars, but they didn't have a difference. Western astrology in the way it is was invented in, um, I mean, I guess I can't say exactly when it was invented, but I do know that Ptolemy was a big part of not only using the stars, but also making sure it kept in Western. And I don't think anybody at that time had the foresight to see how different everything had been drifting and how big of an issue that would become in the future. That what they had set up had no accountability for the shifts. But I also understand that the seasons are very important. And I think there's a way to work with both. You can look at one for kind of your seasonal shifts. But what's great about it is that the new and full moon will occur at the same time. Everything's occurring at the same time, just in a different planet. The only uh, the only planet that's different is Pluto, because Pluto is already so unique and it moves in a, a different amount of time in each sign. And it is actually the Pluto return inside real next year. And if your people don't know about that, that's just a very intense happening that um, occurs every 250 years when Pluto goes back into its sign. And so the constitution was signed in 1773. And that's literally the anniversary of that um, this year coming up. And so in Western, it was last year. So there's a little bit of a difference, but that hardly ever happens with things like new and full moons, conjunctions, things like that. It's really only about um, the signs usually that are different. That's why it's. I don't think it's hard um, to switch, but I think it's nice to know that you can just add on to your regular practice by looking in. And what I think Asideo offers is it, it gives you a deeper look at things um with the stars the asteroids tell a story i love the asteroids they tell a story it's really nice to look at where the goddess asteroids are in your chart there's so many that you can get involved with and on astro.com but the stars are an opportunity to receive and give quantum healing codes and i can see how not everybody is going to believe that that could be possible and so i can see that it's not for everyone, just like Hermes said, that the stars are not for the commoners. <laughs> but it's, you know, it is. is. Uh, now, I think the age of Aquarius that we're dawning on is where we're all meant to, like, learn, you know, I think every great spiritual teacher wanted us to all have the tools to be able to heal ourselves. So I think it's a great time to share, to explore. And, yeah, just know that there isn't, like, some manuscript that's like you have to do things this way if you do look into the stars on your own for your listeners you will find Ptolemy is the one who has a, a whole book on it 
the problem is, is a lot of the stars that he explains are like the star of war, the star of blindness. Everything is like about drowning in blindness. And it's like, you know, I think that it's a very masculine perspective, just like many of the teachings that got overlooked. Um, the feminine aspects got overlooked. So I feel like I'm trying to really extract a lot of knowledge from whenever I enter these stargates. And I do that monthly in my, um, I have like a monthly subscription where we go in and do star healing each month. And I think that's really great, but I totally get that. I, I hope that I made sense about sidereal for, for your listeners. If you have any questions for me to clarify. Totally. Well, so thank you so much for going into all that for anyone who is new to it. So like tropical and Western is kind of referring to the same system and then sidereal and Vedic is kind of um, referring to the same system. And if anyone has ever looked at their birth chart, it's kind of like a circular map. And if you look at like your tropical or Western one compared to your Vedic sidereal one, it's almost like if you overlaid these circles right on top of each other and just kind of like rotated one, however many degrees you said, like 23 degrees or something, and then where those placements are. But if you keep the signs in the same place, then where those placements will be, will be your Vedic chart. So it is often like they're shifted to the next sign and it will be like the one, the next one over, but unless it's within, you know, more than 23 degrees or whatever it is away from that sign, then it will not make it like over to the next sign. But it's really interesting too, because so tropical is probably like the one that most people have heard of. Like when people say, you know, what's your sign? And you're like, oh, I'm a Libra. I'm born on October 14th. Then that is basically the location that the sun is in the sky in like this constellation of Libra, which um, is for me on sidereal, it's Virgo, but it's really interesting because the sun in tropical is kind of like the main one that everyone talks about. But then in sidereal, I heard that, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it has like more to do with the rising. And I did re like relate so much to being a Libra, which I'm a Libra sun on tropical, Virgo sun on sidereal, but my rising is Libra on both systems. So I was kind of like, okay, well, I still relate to being a Libra one, because that's still kind of like a really prominent placement on my sidereal chart. And it's really interesting, like, what you say that every 72 years, sidereal accounts for a degree shift. And so would that mean that like, within 72 years, maybe instead of like a 23 degree difference between the charts, it would be a 24 degree difference? Yeah, so that's really, really interesting. And, you know, everything's always changing. So I think it, it is really valuable to account for that. And it, it's so, so interesting what you said. And I think one thing is like, we love to empower our listeners with like information that just allows them to see more options for just like empowering them to like self-actualize and their most highest potential. And I think that it can be just really interesting to get these wider perspectives of like 
you know, everyone's so different. And where, where is this all coming from? Like, what is everyone's mission? And it's like, we can get so boxed in by the history that we learn, which we don't even know, like what's true, what's false. And like these kind of earthly perspectives. Um, And I think it is really interesting to think about like secret histories and like different beings out in the stars and like different timelines, different past lives and thinking of like our DNA can be so different from one another's because maybe at some point in history, different um, like star seed communities. I mean, people will talk about like hybridization, like, um, or even like that meme that's like, has like the alien and like the chimpanzee and they're like holding a little human baby of basically like these DNA trees kind of um, colliding and like, these energy signatures, I guess, for lack of a better word, of these different starseed origins can maybe manifest like throughout history and like the differences in our DNA. And that can be very like enlightening when it comes to seeing like what makes us us and like what our mission here would be. Um, so yeah, I just think that's like super, super interesting. I'm curious, like what do you identify as being some of your starseed origins? So I am a, um, I have many identities, but one of the main systems I work with is the Pleiades and the Lemurians and the Inanna Ishtar star mother um, energy. Those are my main guides and the star energy of Anana Ishtar, a start, who is the Virgo archetype and the Libra archetype, by the way. Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, Isis. This is that mythological incarnation star. And it informed me of and goes along with my style of reading chart. So if anyone in this wants to get a reading with me, I also have a way for you to get your own sidereal chart for just $11. Um, and I also give this reading style through this lineage. My actual chart shows that I'm connected to the Pleiades directly through my moon sign and my rising. So my moon and rising are both connected. I also have a direct connection, connection to the goddess asteroids, Inanna and Ishtar. And I identify a lot with this divine feminine Pleiadian collective. I have a guardian. Um, I have the guardians who are like more Lemurian, but they informed me that the Lemurians actually moved into the Pleiades. And that's Pleiades is associated with heaven and with Christ consciousness. Very, very cool. So how did you like get into all of this and start making all of these discoveries? So 10 years ago, I was working in fashion in New York city, maybe 11 years ago now, 2012. And I remember my friend and I had like, we just knew something was, was changing. And it's like, so funny to think about how much time has gone by since then. Cause we were like, 
just getting really into all this stuff, honestly, like I was already studying astrology, but in such a different way. And um, I was really, really psychically disturbed as a child. And I just tried to forget about it. So I took lots and lots and lots of medications. So I had an over-medicated fashion girl lifestyle in New York City. And then I had a big, huge awakening where I was told by my guides to get off of medication. Again, everyone make their own decision. That was just mine. And I decided to really shift my life. And I moved to New Mexico to live off the grid for a while. And I remember everyone thought I was crazy. And I've pretty much just been crazy ever since then mm-hmm. and been loving it. But <laughs> when, when I lived in New Mexico, I actually saw lots of different star vehicles, felt presences because I was so high up. And I can't wait to go back actually, but it was also intense. And it's something that I would never experience in LA. Just being in New Mexico in that vortex made it so that I was like, kind of like driving in among the stars at night. I felt like I was like in them. Mm. And so that was like a forced kind of thing. And I was, then I didn't know anything other than Vedic astrology. And I had no idea about all the different star seed types. I just knew that I had some spirit guides who were really intense and they looked alien. So they had like these jewels in their forehead and they were like really serious with me. And they told me about psychic surgery. And so that was like my first experience with star seeds. I did know that there were these aliens when I was little that were probably the same ones, but I was more afraid of them when I was little um, or would be afraid of the things that would happen before and after seeing them. And it would be hard for me to distinguish, okay, I can trust these aliens. Mm -hmm. And I really just thought I was just losing my mind. I didn't think anything of it. So (laughs) I was really going through it and I slowly and, you know, but surely got into star seeds and understanding that there was this hybridization program. And I think it's interesting because I think the hybridization program has been channeled so similarly by all these different channelers and same with the star seeds. And that's why I think it's so interesting because it would actually be so empowering for everyone to know that everyone's saying the same thing, not because they're copying but because they're all actually channeling it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really nice to to know for other people that are like, but why, why do we need to know about this or what is going on? Well, I didn't want to know about it either. I just, it just found me. I was like, I just want to like get over this breakup, you know? Um, so it definitely was like an addition But I feel like I found my power. I found my calling when I started connecting more. And um, yeah, like anyone, you can test out the beings you work with, the people you know. Not everybody is, you know, going to be the most benevolent thing. You always have your own boundaries, your own psychic boundaries. And it's important, I think, for everyone to be able to have their intuition. And if they are struggling with intuition or wanting to know where to go in life, the sidereal chart will say that. And it has much more like definitive answers, I think, than the Western chart. Um, It also will give you direct access to those star lines um, of the 88 different constellations. And my software is called Sirius. That's what I use to look this up. And um, 
It also goes into ley lines and to astrocartography, where you can find which star systems affect you in which part of the world. So it's really important. Um, but yes, long story short, I had that awakening. And then ever since then, I've been sort of shifting my astrological process, my healing process, which I started my business in 2015, but really didn't start taking off till like 2017. But yeah, so I've been in business, I guess you could say since 2016. And I didn't start out doing starseed origins, mostly just because people were more afraid of that. But more and more people now really are like having their own connection. So I think people even listening today will be like, it might just be a confirmation because now when I do readings, I'll like tell people their starseed origins and then they'll be like, okay, that's exactly what I thought. Mm. And so, so, you know, oh, no, no. Oh, we'll say, okay. Say one of our listeners is like, has their sidereal chart in front of them and wants to know learn about some of their starseed origins is there like a placement they could look at to start getting an idea of like what what they might be yeah so what they can do is they can start looking at um on google they can start looking up the degrees of their chart Mm -hmm. and then it'll show the constellation and then it'll be i think it's like astro one of the first or first things that comes up on google or whatever search engine you have, if you just type in like the const like star fixed stars and type in the degrees of that planet, you can find it. Unfortunately, most of the ones for free online will be Western. And that might even be easier for everyone. So you can actually even just look at your Western chart and find out your stars for free. Mm-hmm. But if you want to do Eastern, there are sites that come up where it'll show you an entire constellation. And then it'll show you all of the different stars and what degrees they are. Mm. And then each star will have a sub story of that constellational story. So it's a big body of information. And I wouldn't suggest that everybody dive into doing this all on their own without getting a reading from me first, Mm. just because I think it might be a little bit damaging. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I think it's important for people to explore, but just explore obviously in when you are very, um, grounded and prepared to potentially be exploring something that you might, that might be wrong. Cause you know, it depends on what kind of person you are. If you're kind of person that gets a psychic reading and thinks about it all the time and really listens to it, I would not advise doing your own star astrology. I would say it really takes an open-minded individual to be able to do it on their own. And that's what I go back and forth with. Cause I I like to give information out Mm -hmm. and I think it's really fun, but I also know that, yeah, I think your listeners will use their own discretion, but if they want to just look at it and check it out, and as long as they're not going to like start crying or get freaked out mm-hmm. when it says like, you know, some crazy thing like that may not be true that some man wrote 400 mm-hmm. years ago. Definitely. So, yeah. Definitely. So like us taking, you know, using all our discernment and like not taking words at face value, then like say you had any certain placement of like a planets in your chart. And then you could just look up and find like different constellation and different stars at that same degree. That could be like possibly a clue to one of your star seed origins. Totally. And I would tell everyone to look at the South node to look at um, the North node and to look at the moon 
um, the sun and yeah, like you have an Arcturus, um, very close to Arcturus, right? So you're like Arcturus rising, Callista, right? So I don't need, I need to look she's into very, it. She's very good so, with technology. <laughs> and so what's interesting, that's really interesting because interesting. And I love the English language, by the way, <laughs> I got to like invent more starseed language. Um, so yes, technologically advanced. What I say, the rising is your spirit guide. So your spirit guide is an Arcturian, mm -hmm. potentially. Mm -hmm. And also the Ishtar Inanna Stargate energy of the Spica star. So Spica is right next to Arcturus always. So if you have Arcturus, you have Spica. Spica is the grain of corn or the ear of corn or the ear of grain that Astrea holds, who is the goddess of purification. And she is the first of the healer, witch, divine feminine goddesses. And so that's interesting that that's kind of like one of your guides who is associated with Isis, Mary Magdalene, that kind of energy. And she is also in Arcturus. So it's like two different stars. Arcturus is much more masculine and then Spica is much more feminine. So you have this dual power with this on your rising. Mm -hmm. And what it will do for you practically will Arcturus will make you naturally very good at like what um, Annika said, technology, but also I feel like you're going to be like a surgeon. Like anytime I meet someone who's an Arcturus, they like either are a surgeon or they like could be a surgeon Very because cool. they have such specific abilities. And I think, yeah, just like anything technological or any trainings that you can do, um, just kind of own it because you have the sun so close to your rising too, right there and Mercury. Um, and it's in the 12th. So I feel like you already have a lot of familiarity with, um, you have a lot of fam familiarity with your sun being lit up in dark crevices and darker places, or maybe even in your early life, not taking a lot of the attention or just kind of like using your energy for other things than attention. And I think that was part of the Arcturus energy that really doesn't want to do anything unless it's like really knows that what it's doing basically. And so I think you're here for like to do a, some serious work. So every Arcturus kind of starseed energy is like extremely um, focused and just like has some natural talents and abilities that can help them to skip steps and just be incredibly high up in whatever area they want to study. So I don't know if you feel like you just have like either really intense healing knowledge, really intense. I mean, I'm sure it sounds like you already know a lot about star seeds too, but Arcturians are said to be like these blue beings, but there is so many different shapes and forms of each type of being that we can never say for sure, but they are said to be like advanced with very enlarged skulls. Um, and they have just like a, a high technological power that there is their gift. So, so cool. Well, thank you for that insight. I'm definitely going to look and learn more about this. I love it. Yeah. And I know, I mean, I know you're doing the podcast, but are, yeah. Have, did any of that resonate? Like, do you have, do you feel like you're 
like pretty knowledgeable in any area of study? I mean, I like to study. <laughs> I will say that. And um, I do resonate with, I think, um, I don't know. That's interesting that you said surgeon. I once took this very, um, it was like not spiritually based, but it was like a series of like aptitude tests to see kind of like your natural talents and then the, what might that support in terms of like a career field. And it said that I would be best suited to being like a doctor. And I do relate to, um, healing. Like I like to learn about herbs. I like to learn about supplements and nutrition. And I like to learn about energy dynamics. I like to learn about the chakras, whatever it may be. I feel like I like to just, I mean, I'm very new to learning about star seeds, but I, I like to just expand my knowledge in terms of what is going on. And I do like to support people. And I've heard of, you know, psychic surgery and like energetic techniques. Um, and even just Ayurveda and even Chinese medicine, like understanding the energetics of herbs and how all of that, like fits together. I mean, I would love to be like an expert and a healer in those modalities. Yeah. Well, I think it's in the cards for you for sure. Especially because your son is there too, just for just like three degrees away. Mm -hmm. So, so you've cool. got like double. Yeah. And yeah. the sun really gets its energy from, and I think it would really help you too. Cause if the sun in the 12th, I think can be kind of challenging sometimes. Um, and so I think also there's that feminine aspect of it that is like you're, you have this natural ability to like purify other people to like see what heals and helps others. And so you want to protect that with Arcturus and call upon that masculine protection energy. Cause you also on the flip side have like this whole feminine arena of like probably people coming to you for a lot of help. And then you maybe adding the Arcturian energy to help you to manage all of this. Um, because you also are naturally beautifying spaces, naturally like helping and healing and purifying auras, um, and are what they call the precious purifier is the Virgo archetype that I invented. So it's like this, like unicorn syndrome, you know, person. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, unicorns. we must keep her, you know, and then the story of Astraea, you guys might know this guys and gals people. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. Um, are, is that she came to earth looking for her divine masculine counterpart. And she was the last goddess on earth. This is Greek mythology. And this mythology states, and this is of your constellation, the Virgo constellation that she came to earth looking for a mate because that was what a, a goddess would do. Right. Very exciting part of being in earth. Mm -hmm. Then she ends up getting sick when she's on earth and decides that actually she can't stay here. It's too toxic. Mm -hmm. And so she leaves and says, and also, I don't think anyone's going to meet their divine masculine since I couldn't. So why don't you guys just, you know, learn how to heal your toxicity basically. Mm -hmm. So her story was like, I'm leaving now. And I really don't know if this is going to work out for y'all, mm -hmm. but I'm going to come back one day. And so it's like every Libra Virgo I meet is like this, you know, Estrella opportunity of like remembering 
what relationship harmony was like. So yeah, I have a very special connection to that particular archetype and every healer has more of a strength in different modalities and different stories. So I just love that story because I feel like I resonate with being a divine feminine protector and unleashing divine feminine codes into the ether at all times. Mm. I love that. And we're at such an awesome point in like the quantum history of the earth where maybe we're coming out of things being so, so dense. And maybe it's a time where like in the myth you shared, like Astrea could maybe come back one day in the future. Some green juice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They give her some celery juice. Yeah. Yes. Maybe she comes back through all of us and we like exactly we yeah. call on the Arcturians to heal her mm-hmm. DNA psychically. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. And you know, I can see how it's just, you know, I think more and more we're gonna be getting hearing more and more about how astrology specifically can support this. And I always say, like, astrology isn't everything, but it's interesting that virtually every star system that exists and constellation can have some kind of connection to either a star seed, a star seed origin or a story or an energy that is otherworldly kind of energy. So I think that's interesting that you can kind of explain it. Like in your chart, we can see um, that Arcturus is so obvious on that rising. Yeah. And if anyone I really see that in you, so I feel like you do that's so cool to learn. Yeah, no, exactly. What you're explaining. It just feels so accurate to her. Like she can be so divine feminine, but then just like an absolute crazy scientific genius about certain things. And it's just, it's, that is, that's awesome. So clear. Yeah. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> Aw. Yeah. And if anyone wants to have a copy of, I have like two or three of the starseed classes anyone listening can um, receive those from me. They can either email me and I can sell them the classes or they can just join my mystery school, which is subscription and you can cancel anytime. You can have access to my backlog of stuff. Mm -hmm. So if anyone's like, oh, I want to learn this, actually, I do have the classes and that will go down to like something like you guys saw where it's like going down the line of what the degrees are and how to look them up. Totally. So cool. Yeah. And And I'm writing a book right now on it too. And so that should hopefully be done at some point soon. That's so exciting. Because at the beginning of this, I was like, I know you've talked a lot about how these fixed stars that are in our universe, like a lot of what we find online is just kind of can be like this dark, more fear-based mythology around them all. And I was like, Cody, you got to write a book because to be able to open your book and like be able to read your interpretation of the power of all these fixed stars I feel like just my experience through astrology I've been really into it since I was in like junior high and I think that your the way you interpret and share astrology just feels so different to my soul and that like it really feels like Aww. the previous codes around astrology and like this like higher frequency like maybe uh more you know extraterrestrial higher higher consciousness idea around astrology where it's like 
made the stars feel, yeah, like these potent portals of like energy and wisdom that we can tap into. And just like anything on planet earth, like there are what could be considered like dark and light sides to all of them, but it's like, where are we going to put our consciousness? How are we going to tune into them? Like, what are we going to choose to focus on? And like, if we can see the magic and the power in them all, then like we can really like tune into those codes and receive them. Just how a lot of people work with you know, archetypes and they start to learn about archetypes so that they can activate all these different parts in ourselves. I feel like the stars like really give us these higher frequency, higher vibrational archetypal energies that like, yes, you tap into an awaken. And like, that also feels like an important way of how we're going to wake up more of uh, these new realms of consciousness on our planet are to tap into these higher frequency realms, which literally are are stars like they live in the stars and then like pull those in and like bring them onto earth through us who are these portals between heaven on earth like we are the connectors so you know i love that and i love this the bridge idea because especially um the some of the star seed codes that you have calista that's like bridge energy for sure um like the cassiopeia you were saying and um I forget now what else, but that was like a bridge yes. energy that you have and mm-hmm. Cygnus. Um, but Arcturus is also connected to our uh, g- guiding humanity through and connected to the Ark of the Covenant, you know? So there's so many interesting ways to also realize that the Bible was an astrology book. They talk about stars all the time. Mm-hmm. And actually so many of these religions were actually based on the stars, but then they took that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't like to always be like, okay, let's think about, you know, history all the time, but as far as helping you, helping the people listening today, I think it's a great idea to look at your sidereal chart. And even if you don't identify with the star seed thing, or if you've kind of been culturally programmed to be against it before it even begins, that's fine. But look at the side reel and just sink into it because you might feel it somewhere different. It might hit different. It might start putting you into a timeline of like something that is more real for you and more honest. Um, yeah. Because I think my purpose is to really dive into the truth, but also as a feminine, I want to do so in a way that isn't going to hurt anyone's nervous system and so I always do a prayer every day that about that but yes I think if anyone is is like wanting to know if this is something that they resonate with I think everybody is a starseed um and that certain people are either activating their DNA or vibrating at a different frequency and that is becoming very apparent to me that there are millions of us. I don't believe in like one, four, four. Mm-hmm. I believe in millions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so cool to think about how there's millions of people connecting with star seeds and it's not psycho. It's not like, it's like a very, um, you know, uh, real phenomenon that's mm-hmm. happening. And so I think there's a couple different aspects. There's sidereal astrology and then the starseed origin points within the star within the astrology, which for the listeners, you know, you look, you're going to be able to look that up on your own or with me. 
Um, but the South node and North node, I mean, you even have your North node in Libra too. So you have just so much Libra, Callista and Anika too, even though Anika, it, you guys are both Virgo, but you actually still have Libra, I believe. Let me see. I'm going to check. I have your guys' charts pulled up. Anika. Yeah. You've got Venus and Mars in Libra still. And you've got your, your sons are only a few degrees away from one another. And then Anika's got Pleiades and the, you've got a lot of Pleiades energy too um, on the rising. Right. Because we have a similar rising, don't we? Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And my so, friend, oh, sorry. Oh, go no, go on. Oh, well, my friend, she's kind of like an expert amateur astrologer. Shout out to my friend, Michaela, if she's listening. But she says like, because I know different astrologers, some use the tropical system, some use the sidereal system. And I don't know if there's any, I mean, I'm sure somewhere there's some contention between like what, which one is best. And I asked her like, what is her take on kind of the difference? And she said for her, she felt like her tropical Western chart speaks a lot to how she operates kind of like conditioning wise to kind of adapt almost to like the matrix or like this current lifetime on earth. And then when she looks at the sidereal chart, it's more like to the soul level beyond like any one lifetime. And it's almost like the more she felt like the more she kind of stripped away layers of conditioning and connected more to like her true soul self, the more she kind of resembled her sidereal chart but when it came to looking at her tropical chart she still resonated a lot with almost like seeing how those traits that were different were kind of like ways she learned to like cope and operate like in this lifetime in this physical reality do you resonate with that at all yes and and i like to have to be careful about the way i say it because i also mostly i'm around so many astrologers who are just now getting into this too, or they're really interested. I get a lot of messages now and I always don't want to be delicate because I don't want to be like what you're doing is, you know, it's just, they're both, they both work together. So, um, you know, it follows the seasons. They have two different ecliptics, right? It's a celestial equator. And then when you put those two together, they form the sidereal coordinates for spring and, and, um, fall. Right. So what's, it's really, they work together. They keep each other in check and Western relies on sidereal. They don't admit that, but they actually rely on that to, to keep themselves somewhat in order. And so what I believe with that said is that Western is the 3d matrix mm -hmm. astrology. Mm -hmm. And when you want to get past that, we have 4D, which is what everybody gets blamed for avoiding because 4D is the programming and the subconscious and what happens when our, when we're able to manifest instantly, right? And so, and that's the Emerald City, the, the heart chakra you have to go through to get to the fourth to the fifth. Mm. So people don't realize that I think Vedic astrology was fourth dimensional or was at least very involved with fourth dimensional energies, which is why maybe it was so used to assuming terrible chaos. Whereas now we're, we are shifting into 5D, however slow and steady that might be. But I think kind of altering 
the course of astrology yet again into something more multidimensional and galactic Mm -hmm. rather than relying on old systems that were meant to help the Piscean age, the Aries age, all the, the bronze age, these ages that were like, we just needed more support and structure. We didn't have the capacities. And I think now we're having a little more capacities um, for many reasons. And so I think it's more of a fourth, fifth dimensional opportunity for you to get outside of time. And also it works with time still because it, I feel always lines up for financial decisions, grounded, practical decisions. Um, But you can totally rely on Western for those things as well. It's just all what your comfort level is. But yes, I think they work together. And I do like what your friend said. I agree 100% that the programming that we all experience, which creates our entire emotional nervous system, was you can see that in the chart. You can see it in the sidereal chart, though, too. You can see it. What I find interesting is that people's moons change really often with sidereal. And, you know, obviously. But the moon shifting really shifts the conditioning program and often to the better for people. And they will be like, wow, I, this makes me so much more stable. Like for example, myself, I go from a a Gemini moon in Western to a Taurus moon. Mm. Now people can really see the Gemini moon, especially when I used to have two eyes going in separate directions. (laughs) It just seemed so obvious. It's like, I became that character of like, just a Gemini, Mm. but now I'm Taurus moon. And I resonate with that too. It's like a life of stability, luxury. And I'm like, totally. Mm. Uh, It's so it's interesting. Like that specific moon change could shift something so much. So cool. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. really amazing. I feel like you really put a bow on top explaining about the different types of astrology. And I really love to feel that, you know, there's truth to all of it. And it's kind of like, what do we, what do we want to be plugging into? And I've just been tuning into this so much lately. I swear, like going out at night and some of the stars have been so, so bright, like Venus and Jupiter were there last night, just like right on top of each other. So beautiful. And I like pulled out my sky guide app. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, I have to see which stars they are. And it'll show you, yeah, what constellation they're in. And I've been doing that a lot and they all line up with the side real placement. So I do think it's a really uh, epic avenue to explore that can take everyone into kind of, you know, just like some new places and some new spaces. And I really appreciate, yeah, you coming on today to share about all these new codes. Cause I know it's not always the easiest when you have ideas and like wisdom that you've received to like share with you know, a world that is on their way to moving more into it, but not necessarily like the most open to all this stuff yet. And I think our listeners are all really open and, and love to hear about like new concepts and ideas. So I think they'll all be really excited by this, but I really appreciate you just like showing up to the world and like sharing your light because it it really is helping so many people. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel very blessed because my guides are like my cheerleaders. And so some people say like, wow, you're just so peppy, you know? And I'm like, yeah, well, I just go into like a lot of darkness 
and I go alone and I'm kind of excited to, you know, I think people are attracted to my lightness. And then when I do like coaching or like more long-term work, I do a lot of like different things that are beyond astrology, where we really take people into big shifts in their lives. And then we get into that, those, all those fun things that come up as resistance. But I will say that if anyone in here is wanting to share their light or start to share more, or just kind of want to get into all of this more, um, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. I think for me, I had a lot of judgment in my life growing up. So I got like lots of um, reasons to like get better at it and like, just get used to it. So I think, yeah, if you do want to share your light, just get, just get used to understanding that your guides and your guidance system should be the ones in charge, not the society around you to reflect back anything. And yeah, I just, I think it definitely is growing. And my guidance has said that everybody is going to be very, very interested in this going forward. And we're just going to get more and more and more um, interested. So even anyone here that's listening, if you want to just write down all your ideas and your thoughts, you can just keep that for yourself and you'll have a book by the end of the year. You know, um, everybody has guidance and everybody's guidance is helpful for somebody somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, um, sometimes more simple guidance is necessary. And I know that what we talked about today was like, not the simplest. We like to get out um, But if you do want to come in and go into all this, I do. Um, I'm going to do a um, discount code for your listeners today. So of, Thank what, you, yeah. So let's come up with it right now and then I'll, okay. I'll make it. Why don't we just do brainwash? Okay. Brainwash. Yeah. Brainwash. brainwash. And then I'm going to do the first 10. That way, if I ever get, you know, like people hip to this or something, I don't know. So I'll do the first 10 listeners. Yeah. No, I yes. think that's a good, that's and a good her readings are, are so, so incredible. Like I am a huge, huge fan of your readings, Cody. So thank you I guys so know. much. I, this is so fun. It feels so fun talking with other, you know, star people too, yes. where it all just makes sense. And if anyone is, um, interested out there, I will, um, happy to answer inf- um, messages or emails or anything like that too. Mm-hmm. So your information yeah, then, in the show notes, mm-hmm. okay. your, Patreon, your Patreon is absolutely incredible. So that's a really fun place to go. Oh, I thanks. feel like and like affordable way to get all the current information about the stars. Like you said, you take people on journeys every month. And- yeah. We go every month and you can meet everybody and like talk to me and we have access to like everything that's happening that month. And I go over all the sidereal astrology as well. So, so yeah, just, you know, they'll come find you in the ether. Enjoying the, yeah. (laughs) Enjoying the, the stars as the world turns. Yes. So beautiful. Yay. Thank you so much, Cody. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Brainwash Yourself. If you want to support the pod in any way, we so appreciate it if you take the time to leave us a review or if you share one of your favorite episodes with a friend or a family member who you think would really vibe with it. And if you share it to your Instagram story as well, you can tag us at Brainwash Yourself Podcast 
or old-fashioned email us if you want to chat, if you have a topic idea, if you have any questions, brainwashyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. We love you and we'll catch you on the next one.